Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's the Political Free Agents Podcast. Oh, the music is a little too loud. <laughs> Had that blasting. Let me kill that real quick. It's always great to start a new uh, <laughs> new something, which is our Tuesday episodes. This is our first official Tuesday episode uh, where it's not the election night coverage, right? Because that was technically our first uh, Tuesday night episode. Um, but that was kind of forced. But we've been looking to move to Tuesdays for a little while now. And we're back on Tuesdays, or we're officially on Tuesdays. Uh <laughs> And I botched the intro. (laughs) Uh, I just need to take the time to actually record an official intro so I'm not just making uh, funny faces while the intro music is playing until it's time for me to to kick off my verbiage. So, big week. Like, there's so much going on right now between, like, election uh, news, what's going on with Trump, him firing people, him making deals with the UAE, uh, the ACA is in the news and, you know, not conceding and election updates and blah, blah, blah. Like it's, it's a lot, it's a lot happening. Uh, but it seems like every time we have an episode, it's a lot happen. Uh, and so basically we're going to try to cover as much as we can here, uh, by going through. Uh, so, uh, CG may be joining us here momentarily. Uh, for those of you watching on video, my bad for the scruffy face, but you know, <laughs> I didn't get my shave in on Sunday. Uh, so the big news is about ACA, uh, the Affordable Care Act, uh, or as the Republicans deemed it, Obamacare, which if you go back to that time period, that was a strategic move. Uh, Because those who are not, quote unquote, fans or supporters of Obama uh, would instantly not like the uh, the plan. Right. So it it was a marketing uh, thing that they did. And it's kind of worked because a lot of people have uh, just dismissed Obamacare uh, as bad without actually knowing what it is uh, at the core level. Right. Uh, beyond like individual mandate. That was the, one of the core things uh, that everybody would bring up, uh, which, you know, we, we can cover kind of what ACA is and why the individual mandate was there and those sort of things. Um, you know, but there's a ton of content out there about it that you can get lost in the weeds. And if you're catching the wrong, uh, the wrong source, they're going to lead you down a certain way and tell you about all the bad things that it is and all that sort of stuff. Uh, but I figured it would be good to just review 
some of the things that make people generally on the left uh, say we need to save the ACA. Uh, that gives them the idea of anybody trying to remove it is trying to remove these certain protections, right? So the individual mandate is already gone. That was basically a $1,500 penalty if you didn't have insurance within the calendar year. And I think it I think it may have been if you didn't have it for a certain percentage of the year. Uh, but I don't remember specifically because um, I didn't necessarily have to pay it because I had insurance at the time. But I do know people who had to pay it. Uh, some people who... Um, a specific a friend, uh, family member, actually, uh, had to pay it, had just come home uh, from prison and was trying to get his life back together, trying to get things in play. And he had to pay a $1,500 tax for not having insurance. Like, I don't care how you slice it. That sucks. Uh, you know, it wasn't, you know, one of those situations where um, it was just like, oh, yeah, I just get insurance at the job. Right. It's difficult for people coming out of prison, especially for longer uh, sentences uh, to get gainful employment, let alone employment that gives you an actual like solid health care plan. Right. Because in America, which is interesting, when I talk to my uh, my want to say foreign, but my, my, my people across borders uh, outside of the U.S., uh, my um people across the pond and whatnot when you talk to certain people in different countries and they when they hear that your health insurance is tied to your job you know it it's it doesn't make sense it doesn't compute to them right because uh you know for them in a, in a lot of these places especially those that have what people deem socialized uh health care uh it, it's it's just a completely different world to them right uh, one of the, a very, very well-known developer, he goes by DHH, uh, but is David Heinemeyer Hansen. Uh, he's from, um, Denmark, I think originally from Denmark. And he was back in Denver, Denmark recently. And he was just talking about how, uh, different everything was with him going to the doctor to get a prescription refilled, you know, things like his prescription was available at all of the pharmacies in the area. He could just go to either one of them. Uh, there was no copay. Uh, his medicine cost the same or actually was cheaper than if it was, if he had to pay a copay in the States. So copays are usually 10, 20, 25 bucks, something like that. Um, and he said his, uh, the entire cost of his medicine was cheaper than that. And so, you know, things like that. Um, I think he said, uh, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, no, uh, no paperwork. He walked in and everything had already been scheduled and set up. And so he was good to go, you know? And so he was comparing that to America and, and the system in America. And so those sort of things, unless you experience that sort of healthcare, uh, then you don't know how odd the American system is, you know, things like, uh, not being able to sell insurance across state lines without having a physical location in that state, right? Those sort of things. So think of, think of it like uh, your car insurance. If you were trying to get car insurance from Geico, they have to have a physical uh, location 
in your state in order for it to actually work uh, or in order for them to actually have uh, or offer insurance in that area. So in that case, uh, you know, with ACA, it's one of those things where it there's just, I mean, excuse me, with insurance, not necessarily ACA, there's all these little issues that they kind of wrap this stuff in to make insurance one tied to your job and difficult to access and expensive, uh, especially if you're uh, trying to get it outside of that system. So uh, CG just joined us. What's going on, CG? Just going over a little bit of the history of ACA and uh, the news from today with what happened um, in the Supreme Court. Uh, oh, wait, let's see. Let's see. Hold up. CG looks like he's on his phone and we have a uh, he's he's set on mute. Uh, we'll get him squared away here in a second. Uh, so with the ACA, uh, these are some of the things, the the protections that that are in place. There we go. We've got some audio now, Chris. All right. Yeah, so that was a little bit unexpected, right? I thought that they were going to I think they figured that. Uh, they would automatically just get their way and that it was going to automatically be repealed. And it does not look like that's the case. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we're about to jump into that in a second, going over some of the uh, details on the protections, and then we're going to jump into what the Supreme court did today. Uh, So some of the things with ACA, man, I've talked to people and I don't know if you have uh, as well, Chris, but I've talked to people who are staunchly against the ACA. And when you actually get them to explain why, uh, beyond the individual mandate, which I think nobody wants to pay a, a tax like sure. that. Uh, when you just ask them certain things like pre-existing conditions, and they're like, oh, well, yeah, 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 yeah. Like I support pre-existing conditions. Uh, you know, it's free preventative care. Well, yeah, yeah, that's that that helps. Young adults get coverage until 25 or I guess uh, 26 is when it cuts off. Uh, there's no lifetime and yearly dollar limits, right? So imagine if you have yep. insurance and you get cancer and it's a four-year fight. If you have a lifetime limit, you could spend that your entire insurance allotment within that first year, and then you have to pay for the other three, even though absolutely, even though you actually have insurance, right? So there there were these lifetime and and yearly dollar limits that were uh, hurting people. Um, and then also like women were getting paid, uh, having to pay extra, right? Uh, there were, uh, the, the, uh, employer retaliation was one of them as well. Um, uh, it was supposed to protect your choice of doctors, but you know, there was some, <laughs> they, they found the insurance companies found a loophole around this and doctors started exiting out and, uh, causing some issues there. Um, and then also health insurance companies, believe it or not, it may sound draconian. They were able to cancel your health insurance. If you got sick, I mean, color me baffled, you know, you pay for insurance, but you get sick and they're able to cancel your coverage. Right. So these are some of the protections, uh, that were in there. There were other things like, you know, better access to birth control methods and counseling and, you know, breast, uh, breastfeeding, uh, equipment, things like that. You know, so there were, all these things that were wrapped up in it, but what people knew were the exchanges uh, failed when they launched, terribly failed, and they paid. Man, what was that, Chris? They paid what eighty million to build the exchanges. Yeah, something it, like that. Something's ridiculous. Like it, it shouldn't have cost that much. Like flat out, um, we would have done it 
for $79 million. They could have just called us. Um, and then, you know, the uh, individual mandate, right? That's what people focused on. But if you really look at all these benefits, uh, people really, truly want these benefits. They like these benefits. But because they've deemed it Obamacare, it's become partisan and people want to get rid of it. So fast forward, they have tried now, I think it's over 50 times to repeal Obamacare. And they can't do it. Uh, they failed each time. So now they've gone to the Supreme Court. I believe, uh, Chris, this is the third time they've gone, right? I think this is number it, three. It, it, is, it, is, it is the third time. And I can't, you know, I think that's exactly why they keep losing this thing, too, is I think they're trying to I think they've gone in and they're they're trying to challenge the constitutional, um, you know, governance or mandate as to whether or not it is constitutional. And I believe that's why they keep losing is they're not targeting specific portions of it. I think they're just targeting the fact that they don't believe it's constitutional and it's giving them issues. Um and so I think that's exactly it is conservatives are hearing their argument or the conservative justice are hearing their argument and they're saying, well, what do you guys want? I mean, what what do you want us to do? And whatever it is that they're wanting them to do, they're just not buying into it because they're looking at it and they're saying, OK, well, basically, you're agreeing with the overall premise that we should probably protect, you know, things like. Um, pre-existing conditions and things like that and in more or less way they're saying you just don't like this because it's not your baby right and so this is the thing that is crazy because it was the creation of republicans this was a republican health care plan that obama ended up uh catching wind of and realizing what was going on Mitt romney had in implemented it in his state, it was working well, and he said, let's try to make this national. And as soon as Obama started doing it, they were like, oh, no, hate it, horrible, don't want it. And it's like, dude, like, this, the partisanship is keeping America from true progress, like, flat out. And not saying it's the left or the right, it's both of them. Partisanship I mean, is driving the wedge to, to keep us from progressing as a nation. It is. And, and I think, you know, realistically, as as long as we're allowing things like insurance companies to, you know, have such a say in what gets passed legislation wise, what gets passed in things like, you know, uh, how people apply for credit. I mean, it's in, it's infiltrated every single portion of individuals lives where you can't avoid it any longer and they're basically saying well you know what they don't want you to have this the right doesn't want you to have this the left doesn't want you to have this well okay that may be true but what's the alternative well you know i tell you what let's repeal obamacare and uh we'll give you the alternative so you have no alternative right um so right. it that's the thing if you're going to propose something and you're going to deem it as you know and take it to, all the way to the supreme court to fight it and you better put something forward Yep. Absolutely. And that was the whole thing. They said from the time that it passed that they were 
going to repeal it. They've tried over and over and over. And then they get the House, the Senate and the president uh, and they could not pass anything. They couldn't come to an agreement because all they were were at that point on this issue were obstructionists. They were just trying to obstruct this and get it removed. They had no plan, and they still don't. That's why Trump keeps saying, I have a beautiful plan. Uh, we'll, we're going to implement it as soon as the Supreme Court re removes Obamacare, right? So what happened today where they actually went, went up there and they tried to get the entire law thrown out and tried to make the entire law uh, unconstitutional based on one specific piece of the law. And because of that one specific piece, they had already ruled the individual mandate unconstitutional in 2017 uh, because essentially it's a tax, right? It's a tax and, you know, you the way that it was implemented, you can't do that, all that sort of stuff, right? And so what Kavanaugh actually said was it does seem fairly clear that the proper remedy would be to sever the mandate and leave the rest of the law in place. And so... Roberts basically back, uh, backed that as well, and he followed up with saying, he said, here, Congress left the rest of the law intact. That seems to be compelling evidence, basically that Congress didn't repeal the entire law, right? Because if they repeal the entire law, affordable, I mean, uh, pre-existing conditions are gone. Like, it's gone. Health insurance companies can choose to do whatever they want to do. Just like whenever Obama said the whole, you can keep your doctor. Nothing in ACA made, I mean, excuse me, keep your plan. Uh, nothing in ACA made uh, health insurance companies remove people. They chose to change their plans and kick people off their old plans and do that sort of thing, right? ACA took the heat. It is what it is. It's politics. But same concept here. If you remove the pre-existing conditions insurance companies can immediately start uh, denying people who have pre-existing conditions. And so this one was like flat out for the pre-existing part. I was instantly a supporter of the ACA. And the reason being is we had, um, my wife had a surgery, a heart murmur when she was working um, at a school district. She left the school district Ended up going to work, uh, running a daycare uh, facility. Went back to the school district after a year, and they wouldn't give us insurance. Why? Because she had a pre-existing condition that they knew yep. about because they fixed it uh, um, two years before that. Like, where on earth does that make sense? You had an issue. It was fixed, but now... Under your insurance, same company, but now we're going to deny you because of this thing we know that happened two years ago. And, you know, but I'll tell you one of the things, especially in regards to the opposition of it. I mean, you know, look, nobody wants to pay more for insurance, right? Nobody wants to play, pay a mandate or anything like that. Um, I get it, right? You don't, want your, you don't want the government involved in every single facet of your life. Cool. No problem. But the urban community, I mean, the urban, the uh, the rural communities that are against this, and there are a lot of them, 
are already getting a ton of social services by way of um, food supplementation, social security, those type of things. They're more likely to have underlying conditions just because um, of the lifestyle that they live. And when you look at the communities that oppose it, I mean, we, we can use a baseline of referral as a prime example, okay? Let's just take the way they vote. They vote heavily Republican, which means that they're probably opposed to the ACH. Cool. Get it. Well, what happens when someone gets sick? What's the form of insurance supplementation in places like that for people to come together and say, hey, we want to offset some of the costs? What is it, John? Socialism. Fundraiser. Bring everybody together, put your money in, <laughs> and let's supplement this. Well, yeah, no, absolutely. We and actually, taxes. that's happening this weekend, too. It, it absolutely is happening yeah. this weekend. And it's a shame that it's happening this weekend. You know, and that's, and it's, that's a whole other subject that we can dive into. But, you know, point being is that it's a very real thing. And these people are conditioned to vote um, either against their own interests or just not hear it all together because of the name. And there's even been studies um, done where folks have said, hey, what do you think about Obamacare? Man, I absolutely hate it. It sucks. Why? Well, I don't know. It's just because it's Obamacare. Well, what do you think about the the ACH where it's, you, you know, they love it. It's the difference in the name is yes. all it is. That's what I was saying up front. It was a marketing thing that Republicans deemed it Obamacare. You asked, literally, there's videos of people doing that. What do you think about the ACA? Oh, I like, you know, it's great. I think it's awesome. <laughs> what do you think about Obamacare? Oh, get rid of it. Repeal it. What? They're the same thing. Yeah, the uh, this is the thing also, CG, that uh, I think we may have lost your audio there. Uh, I'm here. Oh, there you go. Uh, that Chief Justice uh, basically told him earlier, uh, he said he thinks, he said about the members of Congress, he said, I think, frankly, that they wanted the court to do that, but that's not our job. Right, so to your point, the partisanship of that the justices are like, man, look, y'all stop trying to use the courts to do your job. Yeah, this is y'all thing, not ours. Yep. Yep. So it, it's always been interesting, the entire debate around the ACA. They said it was going to tank businesses, businesses, because there was also a rule that if you have over 65 employees, I think it is, you had to offer insurance. Maybe it was 50, something like that. And it looks like the number of times they tried to repeal it is 70. So they're at 70 times trying to repeal well, it. I believe, those, I believe those companies are still getting tax credits for it, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I think, I think the way that they were doing it was instead of saying, okay, you know what? You want us to office insurance? Well, guess what? Instead of at letting everyone work 40 hours a week, we'll let them work 32.8, which I think is the cutoff for you to not be a full-time employee, right? So they were counteracting right. that, which, you know, that's a whole other issue. I mean, when you, when you look to places like Europe where, you know, they have nationalized social services, I mean, the individuals that are complaining, especially in the upper tier classes, 
that, well, we shouldn't have socialized health care. They aren't the ones using it. They can afford to go to top tier doctors. They're not going to uh, community health clinics that everyone else is going to. They're, they have their own physicians that they go to. Um, it's completely different for, for folks like that versus here, where in 1943, you know, right after, the, right after World War II, um, <clears throat> insurance became tied to employment. And that's a whole other backstory if you want to look it up. But, I mean, at what point do we just not make it affordable to where folks are able to afford it? And there needs, that, that's, that's where the argument for having a single-payer system comes in. Yeah. And that's the, that's the thing that I've found interesting where the people that were largely debating this, um, this issue, as you say, they had coverage. They weren't in, impacted by it at all. Um, a lot of people, at all. you know, complain their, their insurance skyrocketed. My insurance was affordable and then it wasn't. And, you know, it's like, <laughs> I don't doubt that there are some people who have seen increases. Um, at the time I didn't see any, um, uh, at over five years, I saw 50 bucks, um, total increase. And so, you know, it's, it's one of those things that people are going to argue because it is the opposition and that is what it is, which is what we're seeing right now, uh, with what's going on in, uh, with the, uh, transition to Biden's presidency, right? So four years ago, to make this segue here, four years ago, we saw a president uh, who, I guess the Monday after or so, or a few days after uh, that Tuesday, uh, sat down with Trump yep. and talked about, we're going to work through this transition and we're going to get these things going. Now, mind you, he had done his eight. Obama was on his way out. So there was no fight for him. It was Hillary who lost and she conceded the night of. They had uh, some states, Hillary lost by what, like 20,000 in like Wisconsin, I think it was. Like it was. Yep, almost the same state. Yeah, it was, it was, it was in some places, it was almost as close then as it is now, but just in the reverse for Trump. Uh, and the whole concept of the left not let go in the election and having a problem with, you know, conceding and all this as a, as a monolith, you could say, not necessarily everybody, but, um, you know, they just wouldn't let go of the loss. Now you're seeing this exact same thing on the right, right? So the table has turned, right? Now Trump lost, Trump is gone or going to be. And so now the left, I mean, excuse me, the right is literally out there calling for violence. Like it's, it's ridiculous. It's, you know, they're trying to basically go through this quote unquote, as you, as was trending this, this coup route. Um, and you know, Republicans are starting to distance themselves. And I thought they would actually distance themselves earlier in the process, but I think they were trying to get this scenario where Trump's gone, but they maintain their seats. Uh, and largely they have, although we have the Georgia runoff in January, which could decide the Senate for them. Um, but it's going to decide the Senate. I was, yeah. I was looking at, um, <clears throat> I was looking at um, um, some of the breaking news here recently. And I think um, if I'm not mistaken, Pete Buttigieg is actually moving 
to Atlanta. He's relocating to Atlanta, and he and Stacey Abrams are going to work together and continue to implement the plan that she brought up together to, um, you know, register more voters. So them two are going to get together in Atlanta. And, and I don't mean anything by this, but you've got a black woman from Atlanta that understands the culture there. And then right. you have someone like Pete Buttigieg that comes in. There is a large um, LBT, you know, TQ population in Atlanta. They are going to do some real work there, and Republicans better be worried. Yeah, you're right. You know what? I didn't even think about uh, the community there, but you're absolutely right. I mean, I'm <laughs> complete sidebar, but related. Uh, I remember the first time I flew to Atlanta, um, I used to wear earrings and I used to like uh, a hoop earring with a diamond. It wasn't a diamond, cubic zirconia. Uh, in the well, same open yeah. <laughs> And dude, I, I got out, I got to the cab and I was asking to go down uh, to Peachtree. And I forget how the, the cab driver said it, but he basically intimated to me that I, you know, about me being gay. And I just was completely yeah. lost. I had no idea what he was talking about. I was like, why would you assume I was gay? He's like, oh, well, you know, like, I see the earring. You're heading over here to Peachtree. Like, and I'm like, what? Yeah, I had no idea that it, it has such a large LGBTQIA plus now <laughs> community. Um, I had no idea at the time, you know, but... Well it is a very large uh, community. So that is an interesting aspect there. I hadn't thought about that. And it's not, and it's not just a very large community. It's a very, not only progressive, it's a very educated community. And um, active, very active. And active. And, you know, Jules and I, whenever we go, we usually stay in Buckhead and um, we stay at a, uh, one of the hotels there that has a nightclub atop of it. I got to tell you, man, that place rocks and rolls all night long and you get i mean you see folks rolling up same sex couples rolling up and i mean you name a car it's sitting out there in the valet you know what i'm saying it ain't yeah it ain't uh the, the, the ball game has changed man um and and not only is it acceptable but you know it's welcome um and that's yep. you got it it's a beautiful it's a beautiful thing because it that's where you start to see the world changing you start realizing hey man i better get with it well, I'm gonna get passed right on up. Yeah, absolutely, man. So that that runoff is going to be interesting. Uh, I believe it's January the sixth. I believe is the date uh, for the runoff. Uh, yep. But they're man, they're about to funnel so much money to Georgia, like just from an election standpoint, because they and they know, have a ton of money to funnel too. Yes, yes, they know. They absolutely know that war chest that Biden. Uh, built up. I think they came close. Let me actually pull it up. I think Biden uh, came close to a billion dollars. Uh, the whole election. I think, I think he was 635 or something like that. Yeah, the whole election was 14 billion across all races. 14 billion. Dude, that <laughs> is insane. Yeah, no, Biden candidate money, uh, committee money was 937 million. Okay, way up there. Yep. Out Outside money was four hundred and forty-two million. So him alone went; he went over a billion. And so they spent. This is this is the key, though. 
they raised 937 just out of Biden for president. 937, let's say 938, because it was some change in there. They spent 775. So that means they almost have 150, 160 uh, million just remaining. And guess where that's going? Because Straight to Georgia. that race that was in South Carolina, that real, that Lindsey Graham race, was the was the most expensive senatorial race in history. I can't remember what they spent. I want to say it was 125 million on the Democratic side, but I, I may be wrong. But I know it was way up there. Yeah, I can actually try to see if I can pull that up real quick. Uh, but no, absolutely, man. So they're about to press because, and this is the key. The reason why they're about to press is they're about to determine uh, who specifically uh, is going to control the Senate for the next two years. Like that's that right there is worth this weight in gold for them. That could dictate and determine whether or not Joe Biden has a a friendly Senate or an obstructionist Senate. Right. And so here's the number from uh, South Carolina. It was 107, 107 million by Jamie Harrison and 72 million by Lindsey Graham. There you go. And I so, have to say something too while I'm at it. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm by no means um, a, a Democrat. I'm by no means a Republican. But <clears throat> for about a year and a half now, I have been extremely high on Stacey Abrams as a uh, strategist. Yeah. Uh, I felt that she should have been the vice presidential candidate. Um, she got a lot of pushback because of her looks. <clears throat> she's a very natural looking woman. She's, I, I think she's, I think she's beautiful, but she's a very natural, big woman. And, yep. you know, uh, John had made a point that I think that might have been too much. Um, but it, but it begs the talking point that when Democrats have had someone of color on their ticket, they are, Three and O. Yep. In the last twenty years. Um, yep. Hadn't lost that's one. That's no accident. <laughs> that's no accident. And 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 you know, realistically, um, I don't know what happens to Joe Biden. Um, I truly don't think that he makes a uh, in a four year presidency. He won't make an eight year presidency. Um, if he went in and, and retired on day one, that would be the ultimate flex right there. <laughs> I don't think he I don't Dude, think he would do it, but I'm telling um, you that that right there. Go back to that statement about him wanting to take Trump behind the gym or behind the barn or whatever he said and and, and whoop him. Like that that right there, if he just said, I did my job, I told y'all I wanted to take him behind the, <laughs> the woodshed. I would <laughs> roll. Oh man. That would be but, but, crazy. They would go crazy. But, re- but realistically, um, it, it's probably almost a foregone conclusion that, you know, Abrams and Buttigieg have probably pretty high-ranking cabinet positions for Joe Biden. And yeah. if they were smart, if they were smart, they would, they would appoint the both of them the head of the DNC and let them do exactly what they did in Georgia because um, – they have found something that truly works and um, they need their flowers for it, man. I mean, you know, Absolutely. I'm like I said, I'm a big, <clears throat> I'm a big fan of her. Um, 
I always have been since I found out who she was. I think she's amazing, and I look forward to see what 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 eventually comes from her. Yep, and and so people understand what we were talking about with uh, Abrams not being the uh, suitable choice. Uh, it had nothing to do with who I thought she was or what she was uh, what she represented. Um, I agree with Chris. I think she's a beautiful woman. You know, she's a typical black woman that you would see in the South. You know, nothing, no doubt, nothing abnormal there, right? And I, the, I bet she makes some. I bet she makes some really good tea too. <laughs> Guaranteed, sweet tea. Uh, but the problem is, so here, here's the thing that people miss about politics, right? You wrap Bernie Sanders in a vibrant 50 year olds body with the same exact platform he's probably the one who gets the nomination but there's a certain segment of the of america that sees bernie looks at him he's slouched over you know he's yelling finger pointing and all of that sort of stuff and it comes off as an old crotchety man and they're like nah not my president i can't can't vote for that him. was me yeah that was the, me you have I, uh, I was not a fan of him yeah, but, you know, and then you have Pete Buttigieg, young, checks all the boxes on it from experience, except for like the on the national political scale, because um, he was just a mayor. But he's a veteran, speaks like I don't know seven languages or something ridiculous, um, you know, and like he has this pedigree of. Uh, education and things like all these sort of things that you would normally say if you looked at a resume side by side you would say yeah i think he he would be a good candidate but i mean pete's like what five seven something like that yeah you know and so um i forget who it was it was was it dukakis that was short and uh stepped out the tank and rock yeah and so like i think i think it may have been dukakis but he had a good campaign running and then he decided to uh, step out of a tank for some campaign event. And they saw like this little bitty guy, you know, quote unquote, standing next to a tank and was like, nah, we want the big, strong guy. Right. Like that's like America is so fickle that we're not even focused on policy. We want to find somebody that looks the part. We need central casting. Right. Has to be central casting. Otherwise, we can't do it, right? I don't think Biden would have even come close to winning if the Republicans had a candidate that wasn't as bad as Trump is. Like I don't, I just don't think he would have come close to it. You put Trump in the body of Bernie, and he would never have won in 2016. America's fickle, right? I think we could, we should just simply rip the Band-Aid off and just force it down their throats. But my thought was that's why Biden picked Kamala as somebody that's a little bit more appealing to a broader base. And they look at all those things. And I personally can't stand it. I can't stand it. That's where American politics goes to. But such is America, as fickle and ridiculous as it can be at times. Um, So speaking of the Carolinas, though, uh, Trump uh, from what I understand earlier, they said he had had enough votes. Decision desk called it for uh, for him for North Carolina. So that will put him at 229 on the Electoral College. Um, but we shall see shortly with Georgia. They have these um, 
challenges going in multiple states. Uh, Biden is still up in Georgia. Uh, he's still up in Arizona as well. Uh, they did a a full recount in in Arizona already, it just as part of the process. So they go through the process the first time, and then they basically go back through it again by hand to validate it, and it was 100% accurate. So I don't know what kind of challenge they'll be able to get through on election. I mean, uh, to try to make it election fraud or something. Uh, but they're going to try. And it's within their right. Yeah, it's within their right the problem to do so. Is that they're, they're, the, the problem is that their numbers are so far off from where Hillary Clinton's were when she conceded, what, one or two days later, mm. that they really don't have a case. So, I mean, they can make all of the noise that they want to, but the reality of it is that they really don't have a case. They absolutely yeah. don't have one. And and I think they know that, but I think they're grifting so much off of the amount of money that they're getting donated that they, they're probably either looking for a certain amount or they just want to get whatever they can get because they know it's over with. Yep. And so along that line, there's a few, few lines of thinking there is that they actually dispatched, Barr did, actually dispatched the DOJ to fight the election fraud. If that sounds like that's normal, then then you don't understand that the DOJ is not supposed to be the president's election lawyers and investigators. That's not what the DOJ is supposed to do. That's not their job. And one of the top Pentagon officials actually resigned, uh, or excuse me, not Pentagon, um, election officials, the one, the election official that oversees the fraud uh, actually resigned because of it. Uh, he was just like, this is, this is too much. Like this is, we're not supposed to be doing the president's bidding. That's not our job. Um, and so that's, that's problematic in and of itself, but not going to see Republicans complaining about it. Not in mass. Let me say there, there are some Republicans who stick to their, their morals. Here's a, uh, here's an interesting stat right now. So Biden is leading 45 by 45,637 votes in Pennsylvania. There's only 44,800 folks left to count. So I'd, I'd venture to say that this is probably over with. Yeah, absolutely. And they would have to find, like, think about it, like that's substantial fraud 46,000 with 44 more to go and Biden's going to win some of those as well like that's substantial fraud and a lot of their a lot of their case has been <laughs> that the numbers for Biden can't be true that's been a lot of their case that it can't be right you mean to tell me Joe Biden got more than Barack Obama like that's the I've I've heard these like arguments and it's like <laughs> like you guys just can't fathom the idea that but you know what I'm gonna Trump tell you, didn't gather is, every vote. There is uh you know there's and there's and the problem is that there's real concerns going on in the background um of this whole thing because for an individual that gave <clears throat> billions of dollars to the military um, if you look at the Pentagon right now, this is what's happened in the last four days. These are all NSA officials who've resigned. So the Secretary of Defense, 
Undersecretary of Defense for Intelligence, Chief of Staff, NSA's General Counsel, the DOE's National Nuclear Security Administration Chief, and the DOJ's Elections Crimes Branch Chief. So all of these individuals are no longer there. If there was an attack on this country right now, I would I would venture to say that the military is in a pretty bad position. And the way that this rhetoric is going right now, um, that's not a good position to be in right. at all. Yep. So, you know, once the news called it for Biden, I stopped. I, I don't even know what's going on in the news right now, but I've pretty much just been paying attention to what's happening in the background. And what's happening in the background are either individuals who are retiring or basically quitting because they are concerned either about what they're hearing or what they're seeing. Um, I don't know where they're going or what they're doing, but I would imagine that they're just not going to go sit idly. So, you know, I, I'm always one that likes to see what the details are in the background. It's absolutely worth paying attention to right now. Yeah, so part of that uh, background noise is that we have a new arms deal that's come out. So yep. we're actually about to give up, uh, was it $25 billion in, a, in an arms sale uh, to yep. the United Arab Emirates? Who I think is basically just cutting the check for Saudi Arabia. <laughs> Wouldn't shock me. Uh, and so the, the deal is one that, it's as as is, as it was put, I believe, on Axios. They said that it it's one that's going to be marred by controversy. Like this will mar Trump's presidency uh, in controversy on this deal. Now, mind you, Obama did a similar thing with an arms deal, and the right went crazy, lost their everlasting it was, mind. It was huge too. Yeah, but Trump did this. Eh, I'm quiet. It works. We just sweep it under the rug. The election is happening. So with all of these individuals, I wonder, especially with the relationship that they have with Saudi Arabia, you know, let's not to mention that. What was the number that Jared Kushner got bail out from them? 500 million or something like that, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, um, something like that. For his 666 property or something like that. Um, or, or 800 it, million, something. It was, I know it was up it, there it was, close to a billion. It was a, it was a very public thing. So I would reckon the bet that if all of these individuals have resigned or gotten fired, that there's probably something going on in the background where Trump's about to line the hell out of his pockets. Yeah, and he's already talking about forming, you know, his committee to be able to keep grifting off of people uh, yeah. up until so he can get more money. They, they, they found a grift that people are, we were talking about that, that cat, uh, Terrence Williams, uh, black yeah. dude always has the huge MAGA hat on whenever he's talking side by side with videos and you can you can you can tell he you can tell he can't go to the black barbershop no more because his fade <laughs> is atrocious. <laughs> yeah, man. Him and uh uh the South Carolina DA. Going to super <laughs> uh, and you know, he like 
gave a thousand dollars to Trump on like Wednesday. He posted the receipt and everything on on Twitter Wednesday or Thursday, and was like, "I'm going tomorrow to buy a brand new suit for his inauguration in January." And this sort of thing. like people are literally giving money to Trump's legal defense fund when Trump has. I think in the last episode, I think we came up with like 40 or something million dollars in the RNC uh, b- between like the election, the campaign and the PACs and all that. You mean to tell me you can't fight this with 40 to 50 million dollars? And for a week or two <laughs> and people are out yeah, here yeah. like donate and they do. I, I still get the emails. I hadn't unsubscribed yet because I still follow to see what uh, line of verbiage they're using they're basically blasting like 18 to 24 emails every day asking for donations with a thousand percent match, a 1000% match. Give $2. It'll be converted to 22. I've never seen that in my life in anything. A thousand percent, bro. Like that is like, you can't even a thousand percent. Yep. Dude, That's the, insane. It, and it's ridiculous. The, to me, it comes off as them trying to pad their pockets because where's that money going to go? It's going to find its way Absolutely. into the Trump Trump businesses. That's what happened in 2016. That's what's happening this year. It's just gonna, going to continue to happen. And so with this UAE uh, e deal, you know, this is actually the intended sale of 50 F-35 jets to the oil-rich Gulf nation is the way CNN put this. And so it's an informal notice to Congress at this point. The sale is estimated at $10 billion, according to two Democratic uh, congressional aides. Uh, it's, the sale is the advanced fighter jets to the UAE was reportedly uh, on the fast track by the Trump administration as it worked to establish diplomatic relationships relations between UAE and Israel. So this is that Israel play, which I bet they were trying to get this done before the uh, election. Uh, because that whole Israel play, uh, the right loves loves that Israel play. Um, and so this sort of thing, if you recall, all of the quote unquote entanglements with Trump and his money on foreign soil uh, with Turkey and all these sort of things like this. I think this does line up for him setting himself up post-election. I think it really does. Um, and I've been wondering how he's going to handle this uh, transition period. Like, is he going to sit back or is he going to make moves? And it seems like he's going to make moves because he also fired yeah. Esper and just dropped and, him and yesterday. Think, and I think that's the goal is they're going to create as much static in the in the foreground that it catches everyone's attention and they're going to do everything in the background um, I mean, look who you haven't seen since the election. You haven't seen his daughter. You haven't seen them kids. You haven't seen Kushner. Where have they been at? So they don't have anything productive to work on. You know, there was a period of time where you couldn't get them off the news and now they can't be found. So my right. guess is, uh, my, my guess is that, um, they're figuring out a way to funnel as much money as they can to themselves. And, you know, they're, they're, they're going to, they're going to go from there. You know, the other thing is this vaccine that's coming out. That's another thing that needs to be talked about. Um, right, 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 right. I forgot to actually, you know, with, uh, Pfizer, with yeah. Pfizer, you know, basically saying that, that 
um, you know, they, they essentially used the notion of, I don't know if you saw their CEO's prediction and he was like, well, I actually thought that um, we would be done with this at the end of October. And, um, yep. you know, come to find out it happened a week later and they were absolutely up in arms about it. So, you know, it's, um, yeah. And the Trump administration tried to come out and take credit for the whole thing. Pfizer was like, ah, no, 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 no. We took no money from you guys. <laughs> now it was on the fast track to approval, <laughs> which was the operation Lightspeed, I believe was the name of it. Uh, so it was on the fast track through the FDA process, um, which is something that, uh, the Trump administration can take credit for in terms of that fast track. Uh, but in terms of the actual vaccine, they can't take any credit for that. Pfizer did all the R and D on their own dime in that case. Um, but <clears throat> and you know, the they funny, did, they the missed my week, is, man. And people are blaming that. The, like they, they held it back for the election. Couldn't help Trump. Well, the funny thing is that they may or they may not have, but I guarantee you, right. I guarantee, I guarantee you that if, if the administration would have had a more committed and a, and a more, a political, um, uh, plan for the coronavirus, Pfizer would have had every incentive to do it beforehand and help him get reelected. So if anything, it's a cell phone as to why they didn't want to push that thing because they probably looked at it and were like, Shit, we don't want to work with this dude. We just gonna wait. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where you're out telling people, don't let this control your lives. It's not that bad. Like you don't need mask. Mask may work. They could be okay. You know, we don't really know, but don't let it control your life. Go out and live your life. We need to end the lockdown. Stop the lockdown. Everything that you're doing is saying there is no need for a vaccine. Like it's not that big of a deal. Look at me. I recovered. I felt like Superman. Literally. These are all things Trump has stated. And so you have that guy who's supposed to be leading this effort. And now he wants to take credit for a vaccine that he has been touting as not really being needed. Right. But this is this such as politics, because now you're going to have people on the right. Now, this is this is what I'm ready for. This is what I'm ready for, Chris. For years, they have been saying that Obama deserves no credit for the way that the economy or anything else uh, was when Trump took over that Trump did all these amazing things with the economy and unemployment and all these sort of things. The minute Biden takes office, they're going to say everything Biden did was based on Trump. Trump did this. Absolutely. Trump got the vaccine. <clears throat> Trump did that. Trump set this up. This is why he had a great first quarter because of Trump and all this. So I'm just ready for the hypocrisy. I'm I heard that. It. I heard that. Uh, I heard that. Uh, Melania Trump has hasn't reached out to Dr. Jill Biden yet, and you know I can't imagine the wisdom that Dr. Jill Biden is you know missing from a woman like Melania Trump. It's a shame, really. <laughs> Dude, I, <laughs> I don't even know where this video and why it surfaced, but there was a video of Melania talking about. Uh, I thought it was a spoof, but she was saying. I don't know why uh, I saw this video. It upset me. People are saying that my husband is anti-gay and, you know, he's the first president to uh, openly support uh, gay marriage. 
entering the office and all the and so of course they started <laughs> splicing these clips together of Trump saying, "Oh, I'm oh, against gay man, marriage. I'm against gay marriage. I'm against gay marriage." It's like all of these clips of him saying, "I'm against gay marriage." Oh my goodness, she's a terrible <laughs> spokesperson. I, 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 she I don't plays know what the game. The, well, I don't know what, but I don't know what the uh, what the over under is on her divorcing him. But I would I would guarantee you that it, when they when they get out, it's probably ninety nine times out of a hundred. You know what? I thought that too, but then I was listening to her friend, uh, the one that had the audio recording of her, and she was saying, "Man, people think that she's there as a victim," and they're saying like she's like, "No, she is in on this. Like she's in it, hmm. and like she's not a really? in it, yeah. Like she's not an innocent bystander. Like she's helping craft this stuff." All right, and so, I mean, that, well, that's not a, that's know. not a surprise. Remember how she went on the View and, and and pushed that birther narrative? Yeah, she did that. She's been coming out like this, like I said, with the anti-gay stuff. Like she's coming out lying about Trump being, not being anti-gay or anti-gay marriage at least, uh, and all, like she's been out in front of these things that she didn't have to be. Right? Yep, the whole you're thing, right. the whole thing on the border when she wore the jacket that said, what, what should it say? I don't care, you know, do you, or something yep. like that, right? Like she's been- I don't been, really care, do you? Yeah, like she's been on this stuff. It's just, she's in the background and she doesn't come out and say it as much as he does. But I don't. But then I'll give you this, on the flip side, she did sure up that prenup before she came to the White House too. Oh, absolutely. That's why she didn't go to the White House immediately. And that's why she stayed at Trump Tower with Barron, because she was ensuring that Barron was set and, you know, solidified in the prenup or in whatever. She was also having now. she was also having an affair with that security guard on the downstairs, too. That was documented. What? Did I miss that? Breaking nope. news for me, Legit. at least. Legit. What? Yeah, I didn't even hear about that one. But yeah, it it will be interesting. I you know I can't say one way or another, but I can tell you this: uh, there's not a lot of love that's being shown in that that marriage. You know, I can't imagine that there's been some relations in the White House too often. <laughs> Terrible. Like I I can't. Yeah, it it is just one of those things, man. That they just don't seem like they have any love, and it. like it's a it's a transactional relationship. Which is actually what her friend was saying too. It's all transactional. Yeah, so. that's a stark contrast from Obama's. You know that? Oh you man, can, completely. You can you can hate, you can hate them all you want to, but they had a very real relate. They have a very real relationship. Yeah, absolutely. From them, you know, flirting and playing openly in public and dancing absolutely. and looking each other out like they, like, man, this is and this is the crazy part, right? Like you can disagree on policy and you can say i don't think this particular policy was something that uh, that i liked about uh what obama did but people hate the dude as a person it's like do you like if you measure that guy against some of these other presidents especially trump like it's night and day dude like the the intel he wrote his own uh speeches all this like you know, it's, it's just weird. It's weird the way people get so partisan. And I get it. I used to be the same way. But it's just weird to to see. Not that you got to accept everything the dude did. I can, I can guarantee you, this, you're not going to see 
a whole bunch of people running around with Joe Biden's flags and hats and shirts right. and that that them days are gone. You know what I mean? They're they're over with. But that, that is that that is that goes to show you the cultish um, side of politics that folks bought in and they believed that he was truly speaking their language and didn't realize that they were being used as political pawns. Sixty seven million people. Oh, it's I think 70 I don't now. I think it's the final number. Seventy. Seventy million yep. people looked at that and said, Man, I love everything this guy has to offer so much. I'm gonna I'm gonna wear his name across my chest. Yep. Yep, seventy one million, seventy one point seven million people. That's that's insane to me. Insane. Crazy. And here's a the ridiculous part to me is the fact that this is supposed to be the Christian right. It's the Christian right who is who's draping themselves in in Trump. And it's like that whole man, we we don't have time. We're at the end of the show, but the whole thing with like Paula White and all that with all this prayer and and the angels and the angels like all of that sort of stuff is just like so disappointing to me to see Christians just bend over backwards for their will, not God's will. Their will be done. And in in turn, it basically turns out they're fighting for Trump will Trump's will be done. It's crazy, bro. Anyway, man, we're at the hour, man. Uh, great talk, man. This is uh, the Political Free Agents. We do this thing twice a week, Tuesdays, 7 p.m. to 8. Catch us on Sundays also from 2 to 3 p.m. Hit us up at Political Free Agents, or excuse me, at PFA Podcast.com. Uh, hey, I have one up the outro. At PFA Podcast um, on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and hit us at politicalfreeagents.com. Go ahead, CG. So, real quick, folks, we're uh, nearing the holidays right now. Thanksgiving's coming up. Christmas is coming up. Um, I have a request for everyone, and, and I don't even think it's a request. I think that if you truly do live any type of Christian-led lifestyle <clears throat> and you live it and you don't just read it, if you have the means to help someone have a Thanksgiving dinner, put a turkey on the table, put a ham on the table, if you have the means to help someone um, put gifts under the tree, uh, I can tell you that whatever it costs you monetarily, you will get those blessings back tenfold. Um, it's no something that I fully, I fully believe in, um, something that John fully believes in. Um, we believe that it's our duty. We do it every year, and we do not seek credit for it. Um, I would ask you that you do the exact same thing. And when you go home and you look yourself in the mirror at night, you can you can look at yourself in peace and say, I absolutely did that, man. But think long and hard about that because it's been a tough year and you can truly, truly make someone or some family's uh, positive momentum going into 2021. I think it would be a good practice for everyone to do. And if you can do it, uh, it's your obligation to do so. Absolutely, man. Great way to end the show. Um, and just remember that this pandemic is still going on. There's still job numbers. There's still unemployment numbers rising. Like, things are still happening in people's lives. And I definitely uh, appreciate that closing thought, CG. That's a perfect way to end it. We're the political Absolutely, free agents. Man. Help somebody out. We're out.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.